back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Matt Strawn and, and Allie Terry. Slay. Slay. So we're here. It's episode six time. Six. Natalia's telling me a story this time. I am telling you a story this time. And I'm really excited to tell you a story because unlike certain stories I told in the past, <laughs> this one, I spent enough time researching it and... And wasn't just like copy pastaing like a bunch of stuff that you spent a lot of hours of research on this. Yeah, I did. So I'm excited to hear it because I don't know what it's about. Right. And, you know, I'm just feeling I'm feeling pretty confident in, in myself. And so I'm feeling pretty good today. And so I also brought something with me. Oh, what's that? Nut. The nut button. This time it's live in the studio. Yeah. Instead of and we will be nutting in real time. Nutting. IRL. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, here's another thing too, is I've thought a lot about this. Alyssa has never once pressed the nut button. I have not. I haven't been inspired yet to press the nut button. Right. And it's always kind of like next to me. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, should I put it in the middle? And then I had this weird, like possessive thing about it. And I was like, well, maybe I don't want Alyssa to be able to touch <laughs> the nut button. Maybe it's only my thing that I do. But then I thought about it and I was like, that is like my childhood fear of me having cool ideas. And then the person that's more popular getting credit for them. So I'm going to let you, you touch the nut <laughs> button I'm oh, putting I get it to in touch the it right now you can touch it whenever you want okay you guys tell me if you can hear this this is my first press of the nut button ever oh. wow that I you know what a lot of power comes yeah. with that now as someone who's a nut button extraordinaire I will say it works better if you hold it up next to the mic like this nice. what if this was our ASMR channel is just, just over and over <laughs> pressing the nut button people I honestly think there's people out there that would like it <laughs> we just auto-tune the nut button for an hour <laughs> what would be the best song to auto-tune the nut button to? Twinkle, twinkle, little nut. I don't know. <laughs> okay. It's stupid. So it's like the stupidest joke ever. I had to try to explain it to my parents. My oh, mom do was they like, listen to the podcast? They've seen my videos, which I think they do not understand <laughs> at all. And they've uh, listened to an episode of the podcast, I think. I don't know. They might have just been lying. But my, they're like, what is that thing that's happening? It goes too fast. And I'm like, what do you mean? What thing? And they're like, no, no, no. Go backwards. She's like, right there. What is that? And I'm like, oh, that's a flash of someone pressing the nut button. And they're like, what is the nut button? I'm like, well, it's it's like you're ejaculating. And then she's like, Natalia. Like, but it's just like a phrase. Your mom's so cute. Yeah. Actually, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. It's a nut button. It doesn't need an explanation. I actually had somebody DM me after our first episode that I know in real life being like, hey, uh, where did your friend get that nut button? I want it. You know, I and I found it on Amazon and I was like, I was like, here's the link. Honestly, I should reach out to the people that make this nut button and be like, hey, give me a fucking discount code because I'm sending yeah. a lot of business. Your I mean, way. they absolutely have nobody else that <laughs> is promoting this. So I feel like you have a pretty good shot. I need a nat button like N-A-T. Ooh, that nat. would be fun. Maybe yeah. we can make those and sell them as merch. Now we're, now now we're, we're really going to go. Now we're cooking with fire. That famous museum, we're going to be in there. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to, I have a, a list as usual of things we got to cover before we start the episode. That's why I love you. And the first thing on my list is that we have some new subscribers on SoundCloud, Spotify, and now we're on iTunes for those of you who missed it. And I've seen some people tweeting out to their friends and mutuals recommending our podcast. So what? I know. So I think that there are some people who don't know us from the internet. Yeah, that are have joined into our family. And so I just want to take a second to explain what our podcast is. Because I don't know if people are going to be confused or not if this is their first episode. Mm. So, Natalia, let me ask you a question. How would you describe us? Not the podcast, just us. Just us? Yeah. Who are we? Well, 
Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Have you ever been described as a train wreck at one point in your life? <laughs> because I think that we, I yeah, think that we are. I feel that. We are the, the archetypal train wreck woman. <laughs> I think that we could be filed underneath that. However, right. if the train never stops, there can't be a wreck. And that's how we're, that's we're how off we're the rails. Oh yeah. But we're, we're just still going. <laughs> we're going. Yeah. We might be losing pieces along the way, but the wheels are still moving. And and somehow people have just like seen this train that's going with no track and no energy falling apart. And they're like, yes, like slow clap, like go. And somehow now we just have people who are like, okay, like we're going to actually support this. Like, So basically we're the story of the little engine that could if the little engine that could was drunk and... <laughs> And like disassembled. Right. And okay. problematic and chaotic. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Okay. So what this podcast is not is it's not a history lesson. Y correct. Right. So if you want to hear about history, I don't even care to tell you where to go <laughs> because it's not relative to this podcast. Right. It's not on brand. Sometimes we will give background info about where the story takes place or the time period. It might be wrong, though. Right. It's up to you to fact check us. <laughs> I would love for someone to just like slam, like serve us with papers of like all the facts, <laughs> everything that we've wrong, wrong that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, so our show covers a lot of different topics. And so don't, if this is your first episode and I don't know what Natalia's topic is going to be, but let's say that her topic is aliens. Did Bush cause 9-11? Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's say it's a conspiracy theory that she's covering. Okay. Right. That doesn't mean that every single episode is going to be conspiracy theories. Right. It means we could be covering the paranormal, the supernatural, the occult, ghost stories, urban legends, folklore, true crime, unexplained deaths and disappearances, alien stories, cults, magic, conspiracy theories, monsters, and cryptozoology, i.e. Bigfoot and Nut. the Chupacabra. Nut. Wow, that list yeah. was like a foreplay for me. Like, yeah. What was that? I was, I was like getting aroused listening to that. I drank three glasses of wine last night and my body just can't take it anymore. <laughs> and so I woke up at like 4 a.m. and I was making a list of stuff we need to cover. Haunted. Yeah. Yeah, that, that always happens to me. I get inspired. I wake up. I get inspired at like 3 o'clock in the morning and just start like feverishly typing on yeah. my laptop. Like I know if anyone saw me, they would be like demonic possession. Yeah, absolutely. I think the best way to describe to our podcast to people is explaining what haunted means. So we say, let's get haunted. Right. Anything, anything that is just mildly unexplained <laughs> or strange or out of the ordinary or something that's just, you know, wrapped in an aura of, of weird, like misty fog that someone's not sure about. Oh, absolutely. That's haunted. And we seek out getting haunted. And the phrase let's get haunted was actually coined by us in our friendship when we were on a road trip mm -hmm. from Oklahoma to LA and we stopped at a haunted hotel and we were just saying to each other like we're gonna get haunted this trip let's get haunted but it doesn't mean necessarily like let's have a spirit follow us mm -hmm. it could mean like let's get fucked up let's make poor decisions let's attract all the negativity like let's have bad days yeah let's like, have bad vibes right. like let's get haunted and I also saw so I had asked for feedback on Twitter Reddit and Instagram about things that you guys like and things that you guys don't like. And I saw somebody, um, I don't remember which platform, I think it was Twitter, said that they were confused about our upload schedule. And so I also want to we explain- We are too. Yeah, we are too. <laughs> okay, but our upload schedule, just so people know, we are not making money off of this podcast. Right, we're and losing we money. We are losing money. Lots of money. But we're having fun, so right. it's okay. Hopefully it's not like that forever. Uh -huh. But uh, we're having a good time, but we're not making any money. So 
I would love to do an episode every week, but sometimes it's just not feasible. Right. Like today, yeah. Alyssa had to pick me up from the metro station <laughs> because I don't have a car and I can't afford an Uber from the right. metro station to here. And the recording studio is an hour and a half away from right, where so I Alyssa live. has to pay for cash. Yeah. So we're doing our best. Please be patient with us. Please stick around. Um, we try to announce whenever we upload. Right now, it's roughly every other week. But we may be able to put one out two weeks in a row this month um, because we just put one out last week and then now we're recording this one. So Mm. if we are able to get it up this week, we will certainly try. Um, But yeah, for for right now, we're doing it every other week. And if we ever get a sponsor, then maybe we can talk about doing it more often. Right. Yeah. 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 We'll always be with you in your dreams. Yeah. If you want to listen to an episode of our podcast that doesn't exist in your dreams, That's us haunting you, and we give you permission. Absolutely. Use your imagination. Get in touch with your Raycon. Right. And imagine us there in your childhood home. If you can tell, you know what? If someone here can telepathic nieces us, move us as objects to a recording studio so we don't have to pay for gas and Uber, that would be preferred. And then also, at the very end of this episode, we're going to announce the winners of the SP7 live show free ticket contest. (gasps) Our murderers, you mean. But oh, yes. yeah, the people that are going to kill us. Um, and basically the way that this works is if you left us a review on iTunes using the hashtag Let's Get Sugar, we get to enter your names into a website that will randomly like mix them up and then pull names from that. So it's not us picking people that we know. It's not us. In fact, I haven't even done it yet. So at the end of the episode, we're going to go ahead and I thought that we were going to like write people's names on a piece of paper and then like have a ceremony and put it in a bowl and then like mix it up and grab names out and then at the end burn the rest of them. Have a ritual. Yeah, but I guess that internet site you're working about. Save a tree. Save a tree. Don't print off names. Okay. Or do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then I also wanted to say that I made an oopsie. Uh, I misinterpreted what Mimi said about the free tickets. Oh. And. Basically, what happened was, I feel like I have to explain myself because I don't want anybody to be mad at me, is that what happened was when the tickets first went on sale, I bought one for me and one for Natalia because I did not want it to be a repeat of the last live show where Steve told me I could go. And then at the last minute was like, you can't go. The tickets are sold out. So I was like, I'm not taking a chance this year. I'm just going to buy my own ticket like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I bought the tickets. And then a few months after I bought them, the tickets sold out. And Mimi was going through the list of, of people who had purchased tickets and she saw my name on there. And she was so she hit me up and she was like, Alyssa, why did you buy a ticket for yourself and Nat? I already have you guys written down as comped tickets. And I was like, OK, well, that's what I heard last live show. And then it didn't happen. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like, I already have these comp tickets for you guys. You can just the two that you bought, you can raffle them off. But then something got lost in communication along the way. And I thought she said three tickets that I was able to raffle off. But it's actually just two. Mm. So I had said three. I apologize to everybody. It's actually just two. See, you could have just never told anyone that because they would never know that there was a third person that didn't get to come. Well, but except for I tweeted out that it was three free tickets. Right. But like how how is anyone going to know that you didn't invite a third person? Because I have to announce the names at the end. Make up one. No. no. See, this is why Alyssa's so wholesome. (laughs) She's like. 
on her podcast like apologizing for things and I like I'm not editing this episode so I know for sure she's gonna keep this in there but if I was editing this episode I would just be like nope that whole story is gone and we are just not gonna do that and that's why we make a good team because you're crafty and I apologize I'm resourceful yeah absolutely oh yeah so speaking of which if you're going to the sp7 live show uh you'll see us there please don't murder us Mm -hmm. and feel free to come up and take pics if you want to like i don't know why you would but we would like that sort of attention (laughs) if you wanted to take pictures of us or tell us that you think like we're like really on to something (laughs) just compliments in general we're a big fan of positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. don't be shy that's what i mean don't be shy at all we want to meet you right i would prefer to not have anybody touch me inappropriately and i would prefer (laughs) to not be murdered but any other form of attention Right. I'm open to. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Joe Biden me, but anything else. Feel Wait, free. What's Joe Bidening someone? He just got in trouble because he is super handsy with like children and women. And so some someone just came out and was like, hey, he did this. He like touched me inappropriately when he was campaigning for me. Um, I don't remember her name. Wait, like sexually or just inappropriately? He like sniffed her hair and put his hands on her shoulders and like squeezed them and then like came in close to her hair and was like sniffing it and like whispering in her ear. And he's saying, I mean, look, was it done with poor intentions? Probably Probably not. not. Yeah. But that's also inappropriate. Like you can't just sniff people. I know. Well, I'm just imagining like someone being like, hey, like it's so good to see you and be like, "Mm, you smell so good and like squeeze, squeeze. But also like. I don't want the internet to come after me and be like, hey, you are just like siding with the victim and whatever they say. I don't know. (laughs) Last thing, listener results from the ghost test. I have the results. I have your percentages. And then we will be on to the story because I think this is the last thing. Also, our, yeah, well, I'll just go really quickly. Our Discord listeners are fucked fucking haunted yes people absolutely. are saying that they you know like this one girl was doing it with her mom at the same time listening and she was like going through the house walking around and then all of a sudden her mom was like wait stop and then she said stop at the same time like they were both like oh my god don't like turn it off and then her mom goes did you see him and then she was like yeah by the stairs and they both saw the same old man that was been haunting yes, them that is so by the haunted. stairs at the same time yeah it gives me chills that i don't like scary. it okay so the results are uh ghost test number one did you see people in your home while you were imagining 31 percent of people said yes 69 percent of people said no <laughs> you just like I, I grabbed it into the mic. <laughs> I grabbed the nut button so hard when it's 69. Okay, sorry. Okay, ghost test number two. How did you picture your dinner? First person or third person? 77% said first person, 23% said third person. Next ghost test, apple test. 87% spun that bitch, 13% couldn't do it. I'm st- I still don't believe these last 13 people. I'm like, come on there's you can do it don't try to be getting attention right now and then the hand clasp test oops sorry let me put my phone on silent um the hand clasp test right index finger on top was 45 percent, and left index finger on top was 55 percent. so that one was actually pretty split right down the middle yeah so those are the results okay of the ghost test yeah um and i lied i have one more thing we gotta thank people for venmoing us yes donors for the month of march uh, I forgot to say it last podcast. I'm so sorry. So now I'm going to say them right now. Um, so we already two episodes ago listed the people that funded us in March for AlienCon. So the people that I'm naming off are the people that donated in March, but not to AlienCon since I already mentioned those people. So thank you very much to Zach, 
Joseph, Kayla, Brandon, and Calvin. And Brent. And Brent. Oh, and yeah, but I already Brent. said him two episodes ago. Well, he gave us more. All right. He like, really likes us. Thanks, Brent. We like you. Yeah. And then we have one donor for the month of April. Thank you, Josh. Uh, we appreciate you. Hell yeah. And so if you guys want to Venmo us, you can do so at mine is at DogMomUSA. Mine is at Nat Dash Strawn. I think it's just Nat Strawn. At Nat Strawn. Right? I mean, just figure it out. Oh, yeah. At <laughs> Nat Strawn. I'm like, you guys have been doing it already. Like, Yeah, just you already know. Um, and we appreciate you. So thank you so much, guys. Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> that was, that was gross. <laughs> me getting ready for my story, which is why isn't my computer okay? So, Alyssa, yes. the story that I'm going to tell you today is let me let me start off by asking you this: Do you mm-hmm. believe in angels? Um, I like to think that they exist because angels, like a guardian angel, that's like a very comforting thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're gonna say yes? You yeah. Believe? Like you're like I would like to think my grandma is my guardian angel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. So, do you believe in angels? Do you believe in demons? Ooh, I don't think so. I think I want to believe in things like positive energy and angels. Whereas like negative energy and bad vibes and demons, that is harder for me to want to believe in. So I would lean towards no. Okay. How do you feel about it? Uh, um, That is something that I, while I was researching what I'm going to tell you, I kind of started having all these questions about myself too, because I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, if I believe in demons, then that means I have to re- believe in angels too. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's true. And yeah. if I believe in angels, that means I have to believe in demons also, you know? Yeah. Because you can't you can't have one exist without the other. Saying you believe in one yeah, means that you so. have to believe into the other, right? Maybe. But I mean, some people believe in God but not the devil. They think the devil's figurative. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. So belief in general is something that kind of runs the gamut of People are on the spectrum of what they believe, even in within your own beliefs, like even within your own religion, there are people who disagree and agree with certain dogma and certain principles. And, and that's why, you know, churches and religious organizations and political organizations are always changing. Because yeah. And they have so changing. many factions. Like right. it's not just Catholicism. It's Catholicism, Protestants, Roman Lutherans. Catholic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah. So, and then my next question I want to ask you is, are, are you religious at all? Yeah. I would consider myself religious. Okay. Were you raised like religious? Yeah. I was confirmed in the Lutheran church when I was, I think eighth grade or ninth grade. Okay. And I don't go all the time. Like I can go like months without going to church, but when I do go to church, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And were your parents religious at all and their parents, or is it something that kind of like everyone in your family is Lutheran? Um, well, my dad was Catholic and my mom was Protestant. And when they got married, they wanted to find, they wanted to compromise and so they compromised on Lutheranism. That's so interesting yeah. and cool. Wow. Because my mom was like, I don't feel comfortable with Catholicism. And my dad was like, well, but that's not fair if we pick, you know. Yeah. I mean, they were like very lovingly coming to They're a like, compromise. like, if I can't have mine, you yeah. can't have yours. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we both have to have something we don't want. Right. <laughs> and raise our children like that. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Uh, cool. So do, are you practicing now? Are these like beliefs that you still hold or... You know, you don't have to say like yes or no. I know as we get older, we start to question kind of everything. But do you still go to church? Do you practice? Yeah, I mean, I definitely I went through a phase where I was 
uh, I don't know if I would call it atheist or agnostic, but I went through maybe like a year or two of being like, I don't know, like mm -hmm. what I believe. But then now I, I actually feel like now the older I get, the more I believe. Right. And especially like you will never find me more religious than when I'm on an airplane. I am so <laughs> afraid of airplanes. I pray the entire flight. Help me, Jesus. Yeah, like, Help me, baby, baby Oprah. Like, yeah. Six pounds, Help seven me ounce. Help, Help me to Help me to Put out the fire with your witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But my point being is when times are bad, don't you feel like maybe that's when we're like, okay, Jesus, take the wheel, carry yes, on. Yes, which style? is so fucked up. Like, right. I should, I know I have this conversation in my head all the time where I'm like, why is it that I don't pray to say thank you or I rarely pray to say thank you? And when I'm, when I mostly pray, it's because I'm, you know, stressed. afraid or stressed. Yeah. yeah. That's not fair. I think because humans in general and i'll talk about this today too we have this part of our brain because we are herd animals we are supposed to stay together that is how we survive that's mm -hmm. why throughout times we live in tribes we live in little caves together we're not like segregated people we don't live by ourselves in the hut in the woods and if someone does that person is considered fucking weird and scary and probably a witch or yeah, yeah like stay away from that person right right so, uh, wait, what was I talking about? Like that about? guy in uh, Arizona in the Superstition Mountains living by himself. The hermit. I was yeah. thinking exactly of him. Yes. Eventually got decapitated. Right, because people were like, no, no. this isn't natural. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so I think that we have this part of our body that's like when we are alone, when we feel isolated by either our feelings or by something scary that's happening to us or stress, we seek out help from someone else. And if you're a spiritual person, maybe that's God. Maybe that's asking, you know, someone to help you in that way. Anyways, for comfort. So Yeah, I, I understand that. So keeping all of that in mind, I want to talk to you right now about 1952. Okay. Our story is starts in 1952. I'm going to list off some stuff that was happening in 1952. And I want you to listen to the headlines and imagine a time where this is what the news is. Okay. okay. And then I'm going to ask you how it made you feel. All right. Three out of five families owned a car. Mm -hmm. So that means two out of every five families don't have a car. Okay. Two out of three families now had a telephone. One in three homes had a television. The average woman in America would be married by 20 years of age, oh, looking God. forward to raising a family, but few continued with a career after children were born. Fast food restaurants were growing in popularity, but the scourge of polio hit many thousands of Ooh. families. Vaccinate your fucking kids, you dumbass. I thought about not keeping that in there because I knew this was going to trigger you, but there's a few more too. So just hold on, build up all your triggers and I, wait until wait, the but end. But I have something to say. But I'm going to talk more about polio. But polio, I want to talk about the iron lung. Was right. invented and it's horrible. And there's one surviving Alyssa man. Has veins popping out all over her body. <laughs> right there is one man left in the United States who is still living using an iron lung. His existence looks so painful. If you ever are on the fence about vaccination, just go to YouTube and type in "last man on uh, living with an iron lung." It okay. is heartbreaking. All right, save it because you're gonna you're gonna be so triggered by okay. more of this. Uh, many more cars in America were now fitted with automatic gearboxes and gas costed 25 cents per gallon. An automatic gearbox would mean most of these cars were manual. Okay. Uh, the world's first passenger jet, the Comet, is produced in the UK, signaling the start of faster and cheaper air travel. Okay. Okay. 
Now, the first Holiday Inn opens. The Today Bro- program debuts on NBC. The polio epidemic gets worse. The Diary of Anne Frank is published. Military coup d'etat in Egypt. Nelson Mandela is arrested. Mother Teresa opens the home for dying and destitute in Calcutta. Puerto Rico becomes a self-governing commonwealth of the United States. Communist teachers are banned from teaching in public schools. The London smog kills 4,000. Whoa. These are the people who are in power. Among Harry S. Truman and Winston Churchill, Mao Zedong in China, and someone you might have heard of, Joseph Stalin, is oh, chairman of man. the Council of People's Commissars in Russia and the Soviet Union. Yeah, horrible. The United States is testing the first hydrogen bomb. The United Kingdom is testing the atomic bomb. The first hydrogen bomb was a thousand times more powerful than the original atomic bomb, and its successful destination accelerated the nuclear arms race during the Cold War. Also in 1953, the Soviet Union would test their own version. So we have three major world powers all testing bombs that are a thousand times more powerful than anything we've ever seen before. What a recipe for disaster. The Treaty of San Francisco, also known as the Peace Treaty with Japan, becomes effective on April 28th. And this puts an end to the state of war between the Allied powers and Japan at the end of World War II. It also brought an end to the Allied occupation of Japan and set terms for the relationship between the United States and Japan for the future. The Soviet Union and China objected to the terms of the treaty. And I saved this for the end so you can bust your gasket. The United States, the polio epidemic kills 3,300. They die of polio in the U.S. And 57,000 children are paralyzed prior to the widespread use of the polio vaccine. So 3,300 dead and 57,000 paralyzed. I, I hate people. Like we talk so much about privilege like Mm -hmm. racial privilege gender privilege whatever sort of privilege let me go back so we talk about privilege and the entire point of talking about privilege is to recognize that we have it and then check ourselves for it and recognize that we need to take steps to help those that are less fortunate but we very rarely which is great but we very very rarely talk about the I think the utmost privilege that we have in the U.S. is being so foolhardy that we think that we don't have to listen to science and we don't have to vaccinate our kids because we don't see the devastation that mm-hmm. it wreaks on other countries. Right. We've never lived in a time where people were dying from yes. anything. <laughs> and that is that makes me so angry because the same people that say, oh, I'm not going to vaccinate my kids. I'm not going to pump the poison into their veins, blah, blah, blah. Those are the same people that are campaigning for, you know, equal pay or um equal opportunity which they absolutely should be campaigning for those things but they don't realize the irony of saying oh no no but disabled people who can't have vaccines because they're immunocompromised or because they have cancer or they've had a uh, organ transplant like fuck them like i don't care about how they're suffering by me not getting my vaccination mm-hmm. like it is absolutely your obligation as a healthy individual who has access to vaccines to be vaccinated and check your privilege and fucking realize that maybe you won't die if you get the measles, maybe, but somebody who's immunocompromised will probably die. And it's your obligation to protect them. And that's what makes me so fucking angry about vaccination. And scene. Okay. No more of that. Okay. (laughs) But I appreciate that. (laughs) So when you're listening to the headlines and you're imagining this time, like all of those things that I was saying, how would you describe that time period? I think that it's a hard life. I think people grew up really fast. Not even every family had a car. Not even every family had a television or a telephone. You're not hearing 
you know, you're not getting your news from a ton of media sources. A lot of people are just getting their news from the government, pretty much. Yeah, the newspaper. They got to wait. It's, you're not getting your news in real time. You're right. waiting for the newspaper to come out. This is a time of, I said in big quotes, this is suspicion, a suspicious era, a paranoid era, and an era filled with helplessness. Of yeah. People feeling like, I you know, this that. is just uh, all I can do is keep my head down and work and hope that one day I can you know, have a family maybe and survive to be past 50. I don't know. Maybe one day I can have a car. Maybe I can go, you know, see the rest of the U.S. I don't know. You know, oh, you know what else is happening in the 50s? Uh, the Bracero program uh, was started in the late 40s and dissolved in the 60s. And that was our agricultural guest worker program. There you go. Right. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So people aren't educated. And to further drive this point home in 1953 was the first time the big bang theory of the creation of the universe was first propounded mm -hmm. 1953 that's the okay. first time that this had, had become a major thing insane yeah now and, we just accept it i mean and the first don't walk sign is installed in new york city <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about as if the people in new york city even follow those signs anyway everyone right. crossing the street whenever they fucking feel like it so what do and anytime that you're looking at a historical time period you can see from the art like the fashion the toys the cinema the you know things that people are watching you can see where the the world is at so i wanted to show you some of the toys that are being produced Ooh. for the children who are born in this time because our story takes place in 19 starts in 1952 because our subject is born in 1952 so look at these toys oh here. so cute and yeah i'm showing Alyssa a picture of a toy you can see the toys you can see these is on that mr potato head Instagram. yes it is mr potato head so from left to right we've got a house a shoe a dog a maze something you whack with a hammer and that's it like you whack it with a <laughs> hammer and mr potato head and mr potato head is literally it's a potato like these are not imaginative say, yeah. games my mom said that when she because she's born in 59 she had mr potato head and that the original mr potato head was a box of like eyes and noses and ears and, and mustaches and you put it on a literal potato yeah so that is exactly my point being is that this is not an imaginative time okay or is it more imaginative because you have to play with a literal potato and make it fun right Okay, that too. Yeah. But uh, what, I mean, is it's it's not challenging. They're, these aren't toys that are educating children. They're not learning things. It's just like here's items we already have, but smaller for you because you're stupid and small, and we can only <laughs> hope that you don't die so you grow up and just work. Yeah, hopefully you don't get polio. Exactly. And then here's some pictures of the woman's fashion. Yes, those are the types of dresses that my grandma had. Right. And how would you describe these? They're pretty much all homogenous. They're so cool. Yeah, I mean they're very modest. Everything is your waist is thin your shoulders your shoulders and your hips are made to look the widest part of your body your waist mm -hmm. is thin they all come down to about right above the ankles they're all kind of the same style there's not a yeah, lot like of like an a-line right dress yeah oh it's so cute it's pretty much like do you want your dress cloth. with sleeves yeah. or do you want your dress without sleeves right yeah so, long sleeves or short sleeves yeah or you want your dress to be cut in two we call this a skirt and a top <laughs> So, and those are patterns that women can sew because there's not a lot of department stores at this time to you sew your own clothes. Right. Okay. So that is the time period that we're working in right now. So I'm going to read you a little bit about, have you ever heard of someone named Annalise Michel? No, I never have. Oh, I've got a good one for you. I bet there's people in the audience right now. They're like, oh my God, she's going to tell the story. So Annalise Michel was born September 21st, 1952 in Liebelfing, Bavaria, Bavaria, West Germany, okay, to a Roman Catholic family. 
Michal was brought up along with three sisters by her parents, Josef and Anna. And I could be saying these wrong because they're Italian names, but they also are Catholic names. So I'm not sure like which if it's the biblical (laughs) pronunciation or what. And here's a picture of her when she was a little girl. This picture that we're looking at is a little girl in a white dress with a giant candle burning next to her. And she's holding the Bible, isn't she? She's holding the Bible. She has like a rosary on. She has like little gloves on. But it's also like the picture of like any haunting little girl you ever have she's seen. She's staring into my soul. Yeah. So four years before Annalise was born, her mother, Anna Michal, gave birth to an illegitimate daughter. This was a source of shame for them because they're a Catholic family. And after she married and gave birth to Annalise, she apparently harbored feelings of guilt about her first daughter, this illegitimate daughter. And unfortunately, that illegitimate daughter uh, died at night at the age of eight. But Annalise reportedly felt like she needed to repent for her mother's sin. Like, oh, it's my fault. And yes, she supposedly spent much of her time doing penance for her mother uh, for sinful uh, youth and bad priests. And because she's bad priests, it makes me think that maybe this was with a priest, but I'm not sure because that's not really well documented. So. She's Catholic and she is living in West Germany at this time period that we just went through, you know, so you can imagine that she has some pretty rigid social values and Mm -hmm. constructs that are developing her as a child into being an adult. Right. Yeah. 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 Cool. So she's extremely religious. You know, I think growing up when I was a kid, we went to church like one time a week, maybe like on Sunday, unless there was something else going on on, you know. And she went to mass two times a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is when she's like a little girl. And Mm -hmm. this is all she wants to do this, too. No one's forcing her to do it. She's doing this uh, penance and repentance for her mother, not because her mother's asking her to, but because she's wanting to. So then in let's fast forward. You know, she's growing up in this time period that we talked about. Uh, Fast forward to 1968. She's now 16 years old. She's a high school student. And when she's 16, she suddenly blacks out at school and begins walking around dazed. Oh. Though Annalise did not remember the event, her friends and family definitely did. And they said (laughs) she was in a trance-like state. And these are the days before Ambien. So she is diagnosed with something called temporal lobe epilepsy. Okay. Have you heard of that before? No, but I know what epilepsy is. And what is epilepsy? Epilepsy is when you have seizures. So the Mayo Clinic says that temporal lobe epilepsy is when seizures begin in the temporal lobes of your brain. And these are the lobes which process emotions and are important for um, short-term memory. So symptoms of this include having odd feelings such as euphoria, deja vu, or fear. And some of these people that are having these seizures are aware of what's happening. But during more more intense seizures, you might look awake but be unresponsive. Your lips and hands may make purposeless, repetitive movements. Temporal lobe seizures, uh, they think, may stem from an anatomical defect or scar in the temporal lobe. But the cause is unknown. So okay. We don't know what causes these. And temporal lobe seizures are often called focal seizures with impaired awareness. So it's basically a regular seizure where the person's not aware that it's happening or there's like a translate stake, like they're not Mm themselves. And the symptoms are an unusual sensation that they call an aura that may precede a temporal lobe seizure and it acts as a warning. So not everyone who has this seizure gets these aura warnings, 
but the ones who do uh, usually don't remember them either. And the aura, guess what it guess what happens to you when you get this warning aura before you have a seizure? Any guesses? Is it a smell? There is smell. Maybe a strange sudden odor or taste. Anything else? Um, maybe hallucinations or a bright light. Yes, there is. I'll read them all to you. So a sudden sense of unprovoked fear okay. or joy, a deja vu experience or a feeling that's what's happening to you right now has happened to you before, a sudden or strange odor or taste, a rising sensation in the abdomen, abdomen similar to being on a roller coaster like butterflies in your oh, stomach. I hate that. Sometimes these temporal lobe seizures impair your ability to respond to others, and they usually last 30 seconds to two minutes. Uh, Characteristic signs of the symptoms include a loss of awareness of surroundings, staring with your eyes not blinking from long periods of time, lip smacking, repeated swallowing or chewing, unusual finger movements such as picking motions oh. at things in the air oh, no. a period of confusion and difficulty speaking inability to recall what happened during the seizure unawareness of having the seizure extreme sleepiness and no one knows what triggers them what do those symptoms sound like to you that sounds terrifying to me i mean the only thing i can think of to even compare to that would be if if i get too drunk and black out and then you wake up the next day and you're like, whoa, what happened? I don't remember everything. That in and of itself is terrifying to me, so, like not knowing what I did. Right. So I can't even imagine like you're just going about your life. And, and then, then all of a sudden you don't remember how you got somewhere or what you said or what you were doing. Yeah. And someone's just like, hey, you you know, we were all hanging out at the movies. And then all of a sudden you just like started staring off into the distance and smacking your lips and like making claw noises and barking and being weird. And you're like, uh, no, yeah. that wasn't me. Don't, oh gosh. What do you mean? That wasn't me. <laughs> I feel... So you heard those symptoms. Now right. I want you to hear a little symptom list of something called the Catholic church's definition of what an exorcism might include. Oh God. Is it all the same? Is it all the same? So the symptoms? Catholic church. <laughs> Describes demonic invasion symptoms as, and this is part of their dogma. So in 1999, Catholic Church revised this article that they have uh, talking about what what an exorcism should consist of and mm-hmm. include. And this is like in the in the religious dogma, in the Vatican, in the vaults. Like this is, you know, the Pope has stamped his approval on this. <laughs> this is what it is. Loss or lack of appetite. Cutting, scratching, and biting of skin. A cold feeling in the room unnatural body postures and change in the person's face and body, the possessed losing control of their normal personality and entering into a frenzy or rage and or attacking others, Mm -hmm. change in the person's voice, supernatural physical strength not subject to the person's build or age, speaking or understanding another language which they had never learned before, knowledge of things that are distant or hidden, Prediction of future events, sometimes through dreams. Levitation and moving of objects and things. Expelling of objects and things. Intense hatred and violent reaction towards all religious objects. Antipathy or empathy towards entering a church. Speaking Jesus' name or hearing scripture. Signs of demonic evasion vary depending on the type of demon and its purpose. So those two lists of things do you think I mean they're different right yeah they are. They have they share some of the same some of the same symptoms specifically like you know the odors the taste the movement of your body or scratching biting things like that those sure. are the same 
but in the seizures, there's no description of levitating things. No, yeah. Like being able, you know, having... Or, or being upset at the sight of a cross or something. Exactly. Having this hatred towards going into a church or speaking Jesus's name or suddenly being able to speak new languages or have knowledge of future events. Yeah. Yeah. That's not part of it. I did. I do remember reading an article a couple of years ago about a lady who got amnesia. I think she hit her head really hard. And when she woke up, she could suddenly speak French, but not English. And English was the only language she knew prior to hitting her head. And people said it was like a rough rudimentary French, like it wasn't fluent, mm -hmm. but that she couldn't remember how to speak English. And people were like, how did she even get this rough rudimentary basis of French? Like she unlocked parts of her brain that we don't I know mean, about. Maybe, she right? Lucy'd. Have you seen Lucy? No. You need to see Lucy because that explains everything. Oh, is it the is, one with Scarlett the, Johansson? Is where the she... premise that we only use twenty percent of our brains? Lucy yeah. unlocked the other eighty or yeah. whatever. Can you imagine what I could do if I could unlock the rest of my brain? I feel like I would be miserable because I feel like at that point all you do is just think. Yeah, I am pretty happy now, and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a whole lot. Right. So yeah. I'm not going to draw a direct conclusion, <laughs> but I'm good at like two things, and I don't need to be good at anything else. Two things. I mean, two things is more than more things good at than most people <laughs> yeah yeah figure out what i meant yeah so there's also so people who have these seizures that's like you're having these seizures all the time right so it becomes kind of your personality might like a twitch might be like you're just like a tick a tick yeah. or something and so there's this thing called the epileptic personality have you ever heard of that no so the epileptic personality is an ancient phrase almost and the it's thousands of years ago people with epilepsy uh were thought to be possessed or either divine beings or demons because they're acting real fucking weird right, right yeah and uh, in fact the notion of that a seizure represents a kind of communion with another spiritual realm still holds sway in a lot of societies today i yeah that doesn't surprise me because i think a lot of cultures view um physical disability and mental disability or even just non-typical cognitive behavior as because they can't explain it if maybe they don't have as developed as medicine of medicine as first world countries then they seek to explain it using religion yeah exactly and so this is not I'm, this is something too like in 1892 there was a paper by a scientist where the author claimed that debauchery and excessive lust frequently led to epilepsy and that a person oh, could actually God. trigger a seizure by listening to love songs and eating chocolate who said that uh, scientists in 1892. Fuck you. <laughs> so in 1975, around the time that... Uh, Eating uh, chocolate? I know. And listening to love songs. Well, first of all, is this dogs? Because <laughs> dogs have what? seizures listening to cho eating chocolate. Well, that's... Yeah. So the time that Annalise is 16 years old, she starts having these, what we can call seizures, where she's like biting and scratching and doing weird things. And... And she's 16 years old at the time. So when she gets this diagnosis, they give her medication, but her body doesn't respond to the medication. Like if only, if nothing else, like her, these are only getting worse. So at 16, Annalise is diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Uh, and she continues having these, you know, kind of like ticks and, and things. And she's taking medication and everyone has just kind of accepted, like, this is a part of her life and she's going to learn to cope with it. But things get worse. When she's 17, a year later, she experiences a similar occurrence where she woke up in a trance and she wet her bed. Her body also went through a series of convulsions, causing her body to shake uncontrollably. 
After the second time, Annalise visited a neurologist who diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy, a disorder that causes seizures, loss of memory, experiencing visual and auditory hallucinations. So now she's had two diagnoses of this is what you have. Right. Um, And temporal lobe epilepsy also causes something called Geschwin syndrome, which is a disorder marked by hyper-religiosity. So I guess I should have started this by saying this. Have you ever seen the exorcism of Emily Rose? Yeah, of course I have. Okay, so I didn't yeah. want to tell you that at the beginning. Is that what this is this based is on? Based, this is the story that the exorcism of Emily Rose Ooh. is based on. Your face is just like lit up now. You're like, I'm fucking yeah. done learning about diseases. <laughs> I don't want to hear about the Catholic Church more. I want to yeah. know about ghosts. Tell me about Emily Rose. Right. So now you're knowing. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what happens to her. Her symptoms and convulsions were not getting better, and the meds were not helping. She, at this time, is finishing high school, and she goes on to college where she's studying to become a teacher. So this is in 1973, and here is a picture of her um, after she graduated high school, and now she's joined the University of Wurzburg, her classmates. Classmates later describe her as withdrawn and very religious. See this picture? She's of her? pretty. Yeah, she's pretty. She, she looks. She actually looks a lot like the actress that plays her in The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Really? I've never yeah. seen it. Oh, you haven't? No, that's, that's okay. Just, I get fucked up by that yeah. kind of stuff. I love horror. It's my favorite genre, and I do get fucked up by it, but I still go watch. It's no, it's definitely my favorite genre. Yeah. But like even things that are supposed to be campy, like Evil Dead, I still sometimes will hallucinate. Have you ever seen Evil Dead? Uh, I don't think so. There's, it's so fucking great, first of all. But there's a part of it where there's this girl that's possessed. She is seeing this demon girl that has come into her cabin with her. And she's laying in her bed, like crying and freaking out because there's literally a demon girl in the corner with like orange eyes staring at her and smiling. And all of her friends are just like, you're just getting over your heroin addiction. We're going to close this door and go in the other room. Like just stay in here and sweat it out. And she's like, don't leave and there's like oh i'm getting chills and there's like literally just like a little girl like <sighs> staring yeah. at her in the corner i don't know what i would do <laughs> right and so sometimes when i'm in my bed at night and i like see like some weird like little shadow in the corner i'm you like just think it's- i'm just thinking like is this this fucking weird demon thing that's following me i don't want to think about it anymore well i know a lot of people that have sleep paralysis and that's, and that's typical demon. of that yeah. yes it's yeah. like they see shit at the foot of their bed right and and sleep paralysis you supposedly hear voices and yeah I'm so glad I don't have that oh god knock on wood hope I don't get it so that's what Annalise looks like when she graduated in 1973 so this is the year when she goes to college that her condition starts to really deteriorate and though she was still taking her medication she began to believe that she was possessed by a demon and that she needed to find a solution outside of medicine here's some things that happened to her okay she began to see the face of the devil wherever she went. And she heard demons whispering in her ears when she heard demons telling her that she was damned and would rot in hell. (laughs) She was praying when she heard these things, by the way. She concluded that the devil must be possessing her. I, here's the thing. If she was not religious, like if she had been raised in an atheist household, would she have still had the same hallucinations? Probably not, which is what makes me think that demons aren't real. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's ideas being put in your head that you're interpreting in a negative way, perhaps based on a condition that you have. Right. That is making you like be super hyper focused on it. And so whereas if you had not been raised in the church and you had temporal lobe epilepsy, maybe your symptoms would not be. Right. 
religious in nature. Yeah, that's interesting. And we'll get back to that. Let me okay. just continue. All right, cool. Continue I'm telling ready. you. Tell me if you're getting chills, by the way. Okay. So over time, she complained of seeing disturbing visions while she was saying her prayers. And then later, these evil voices started giving her commands. Annalise is a devout Catholic. So the first thing she did is sought out priests to help her with her demonic possession. But all of the clergy she approached rejected her request, saying that she should seek medical help that they needed and that they need permission of a bishop anyway. So uh, she started showing an aversion to religious iconography. And an older friend uh, of the family noticed that while on a pilgrimage with Annalise, she said that Annalise smelled hellishly bad and took her to some priests. So believing she was possessed, she ripped off the clothes of her body, compulsively performed up to 400 squats a day, crawled under a table and barked like a dog for two days. She also ate spiders and coal. Oh my God, this poor woman. Bit the, dead off of a he- uh, bit the head off of a dead bird. Oh no. And licked her own urine up from the floor. Do you think that that's someone who has, is, are you still skeptical? I feel so bad for There's this There's nothing woman. in the Bible that says, you know, if you eat the de- head off of a dead bird or lick your up your own urine, urine or eat spiders or do 400 squats a day. Like, there's nothing like that in the Bible. Okay, well, let's let's start off with the assumption that she has a, a, a mental condition or a physical right. condition, which is epilepsy because yeah. she's been diagnosed. Okay, now she's eating things that probably are diseased. So she probably has some bacterial or viral infections and nobody's treating that. Right. That's awful. Yeah. So the Catholic Church is actually there. There, you in order to do an exorcism, you have to get permission from a bishop in the area to let you do it. So she wants to get this exorcism done. The Catholic Church is like, no, you're mentally, you know, you need to see a doctor instead. Okay. And she's like, this is not what I need. I need an exorcism. This medicine's not working on me. I'm having all these seizures and convulses. I'm not remembering when I'm biting the head off of dead birds God, and barking so under scary. the table for two days. My health is deteriorating. And here's a picture of what her, she starts to look like. So I'm going to show you. Oh, no. How do you describe that person? That's so scary. Uh, okay, well, let me describe it to the people at home that are listening. So her original picture, she looks very youthful. She has, like, short brunette hair that ends at her chin. She's that's her, wearing a collared shirt. That's yeah, that, her graduating from high school. Very, yeah, very normal, very sweet-looking, very pretty. And then on the right side... This is three years later. Three years later, she has the same, you know, shoulder-length hair, but it's matted. She's completely lost messy. a significant amount of she weight. She looks like she weighs maybe 30 or 40 pounds less than she did just three years prior. She looks like she doesn't know where she is. Her eyes are kind of looking in opposite directions and her mouth is bloody. Mm-hmm. And in the first picture, she's smiling like a normal smile. In this one, it looks like she doesn't know what to do with her mouth and her tongue's kind of sticking out a little bit. She looks very dazed. And she has sores and lesions yeah. all over her body. She's like hollowed out cheeks, you know, circles under her eyes. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. see her bones sticking out. She's not the, yeah. So her condition is definitely getting worse. Yeah, because absolutely. She, in that picture, in the first picture where she was in high school, she still had the condition. Right. Okay. So, so then she still wants to get this exorcism and she's the most, she is pushing for this more than anyone else. Like she believes that she's possessed more than anyone else in her family or whatever. So this is not a case of a priest forcing her, like torturing her because he thinks that she's possessed. This is her 
calling out for help saying that she's possessed. Yes, exactly. So uh, she's trying to get, you know, help from somebody. And finally, her mother and her uh, find this priest. His name is Ernst Alt, who believed her. And he stated that she didn't look like an epileptic. She's like, this is why I believe her. Doesn't look like an epileptic. (laughs) And she wrote to him and she said, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And she also once told him, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. That's sad. Mm-hmm. And so Alt petitioned his local bishop, Bishop Josef Stangl, who eventually approved the request and granted a local priest named Arnold Renz permission to perform an exorcism, but ordered that it be carried out in total secret. And I don't for the life of me, know why this needs to be total secret. Probably because exorcisms in the Catholic Church are, you know, it, it already looks fucking weird and yeah. bad. They don't want people to think about, know about this. And because this is a girl who no one really knew. They were thinking, oh, she has this horrible condition where she's, you know, losing control of her body. And we don't want to get in trouble for not treating this medically and instead doing these. Yeah, yeah. I think they're probably afraid, like, what if she gets injured during the exorcism and now it's our fault? Right. Cover their ass. Yeah. So over the next 10 months, following the bishop's approval of the exorcism, Alt and Renz conducted 67 exorcisms, lasting up to four hours of on her? the young woman. Yes. 67, just on her? Just on her. Wow. She allegedly urinated and defecated on the floor frequently, also licking up her own oh. urine. She ate insects and growled at religious icons and sat under the kitchen table barking for two days. Two. So here's a picture of her during the first exorcism. She has black eyes. It's like she's been getting pummeled in the face. Uh-huh. And her nose is all messed up. And she's being her, restrained. Yeah, her nose looks broken. And all of these. So through these sessions, Annalise revealed that she believed she was possessed by five demons. Okay. Lucifer. Cain, Judas, Iskarot, Nero, and my favorite, Adolf Hitler. She believed Adolf Hitler was possessing her? Uh-huh. Just, is that an, uh, it's just nuts. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't even think of picking a, like a contemporary person. When right. I think of demons, I think of like the first ones that you named, like Cain from Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. Lucifer. Um, Lucifer, the man himself. Like yeah. uh, there are evil people in the world, but I don't think of like Saddam Hussein is a demon. I you know, like know. that doesn't is this cross another my mind. podcast is is figuing out who's a, who's demon. a demon like this, Kim that's... Kardashian, Lucifer. <laughs> so all of those spirits are jostling for power of Annalise's body and they communicate from her mouth with a low growl. They argued with each other with Hitler saying people are stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. And these are all in Italian, too, or in other languages that we don't know. Uh, but people have deciphered them through like yeah, Latin translated. and whatever. Yeah. So uh, it goes on and she says, Judas saying Hitler was nothing but a big mouth who had no real say in hell. So Judas is in hell and he's saying, yeah. oh, Hitler, he, you know, he's just popular for being evil, but he's not doesn't really get in here. Like hell is like some cool club that you can only be in if you're like actually a, a really bad. Oh, my God. And not just pretending to be bad to get famous. The whole concept <laughs> of hell freaks me out so much. That is like think of like an eternity of just the worst stuff. Ever. I mean, think of that. I like would love to see an improv set of like Judas and Hitler arguing over yeah. whether or not you have the star power to be in hell. Yeah. Judas is like, I'm Judas. You've been around I for betrayed like. I betrayed God's son. Yeah. He's like, what have you done? He's like, I'm in the fucking Bible as a traitor. Yeah. Like, 
being a Judas is synonymous with being an asshole. Right. You're just, you know, who even are you? You just became famous like a few years ago. You're just a human. Get out of here. I wonder if Benedict Arnold is in hell hanging out with Judas. What would he be saying? Hey, man, I also was a traitor. (laughs) And then Judas is just like... And then they like like, play cards together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So throughout these sessions, she's having all of these uh, conversations as different people, as Judas, as Lucifer, as Adolf Hitler, and arguing with the priest. And she's frequently talking about dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church. And there, she spoke several different languages. Um, so she's saying that she wants to be the sacrificial lamb for the sins that priests are committing as well, not just the youth? For everyone. Because that's interesting because at the beginning of the story, you mentioned that uh, her mom was possibly impregnated by a priest right. and had this illegitimate child, which was a great shame to her. So I uh-huh. wonder if that's why she's mentioning priests in this. It could be. And I, I, But one of the things, so she's pushed beyond her physical limits during these exorcisms and she actually breaks the bones and ripped the tendons in her knees from oh. continually kneeling in prayer. And they call it uh, genuflection. And when you bow, like when you pray, when you bow, this is like... Uh, bowing to god is showing submission so this was a huge part of these exorcisms and with her knees broken sometimes her mom would have to help support her to do it so here's a picture of her restraining her helping her to do that here's a picture of her holding her helping even though she has broken knees to continue and you said she's like 19 at this point or something she is like in her early early 20s that is so awful yeah so she's got broken knees broken tendons and sometimes she's so seriously ill that She's performing these hundreds of genuflections kneeling during the day that her parents have to literally hold her up to do it because she's too weak to do it. And yeah, so I all of this, it's pretty easy to say, oh, well, you know, maybe she's maybe she's um, having having a bad time. But I want you to listen to a video now okay. of this exorcism. Oh, no. And a lot of it is in Italian. So I know you speak some Italian. Yeah. So this will be good for you to see. OK. Um, yeah. Hold on one second. Die müssen in eigenen Seminaren ausgebildet werden, die dürfen nicht auf die anderen Universitäten. Kapiert? 
That's one of 67 recorded ones, and it goes on for about 10 minutes. What? So I don't know what part you're going to put in there for them, but yeah. what would you describe, since a lot of this is in German, a lot of this is in Italian, we were just looking at the English translation of this. Like, What are some of the things that are being communicated between her and the priest performing this it, exorcism? It sounds like a lot of hatred towards priests. Really? Yeah. Like, what were some of the things she's saying? Because our re- oh, listeners probably don't, they can't speak Italian or German. Right. And they don't have the actual um, translation in front of them. So some of the things that she was saying were, all priests must be recognizable at all times. People who go to church, they pray. Or people go to church, but they don't actually pray. They're just there to show up. They're, you know, they don't really care. Um, we need to put the kneelers back in, like yeah. those little padded things that you mm-hmm. kneel on she's like super mad about it she's like well, we have to put the kneelers back on her voice is so grossly terrifying it's also really annoying it's very annoying and i also feel very bad for her because he's he keeps saying and more more like trying to pull more information out of her and it sounds like she's trying really hard to think of what to say next in my opinion and she keeps going no I won't say it after he's like more more but it sounds like it's almost because she doesn't know what she is going to say next Mm -hmm. and she's switching between German and Italian and I thought I heard her say something in English there yeah she did she said a couple things yeah shut your mouth or something shut your mouth so like that's crazy right do you what you think it was a demonic possession I don't know. I mean, is there more to the story or is this? So there's there's a little bit more to the story. Um, So at this same time, over these 10 months that these exorcisms are happening, she's frequently restrained so that priests could conduct the exorcisms. But she was always she wanted this. So even though she's being uh, constrained, she's like, do the exorcism on me. And she slowly stops eating. And she eventually died of malnutrition and oh, dehydration. No. So she didn't even get cured. In 1976. Yeah. She just died. of. She stopped eating. Did she levitate anything or did crosses turn upside down? Like Because that's what I remember from this, the movie of the exorcism of Emily Rose. It's like her levitating off the ground and like crosses turning upside down when the exorcism would begin. She was not. She there's nothing in here that says she made things levitate, but she showed strength beyond what she had. Like superhuman strength. Like superhuman strength. The fact that she's doing 400 squats a day and that her knees are broken and she's still kneeling, like that's weird to me. 
if my knees were broken, I would probably stop kneeling. Well, I mean, it, it did show people forcing her to continue kneeling. And if she wholeheartedly believed that she was possessed and that this was her one hope, then maybe she could force herself to kneel through the pain. I mean, that is insane. So after her death, her story becomes a national sensation in Germany because her parents and the two priests that conducted the exorcism were charged with negligent homicide. Yeah. Yeah. So they came before the court and they're like, look, we seriously thought this girl was possessed. And that recording that I just showed you was one of the things that they brought to the court. And here's a picture of them in the court. So what that was evidence like. that they presented. Right. So they presented their their whole their whole uh, defense is we thought she was possessed. Right. So they're showing the same pictures that I'm showing to you. Like she wanted us to do this. She reached out to us. We, right. we believed her and we thought this was our one way to cure her. Exactly. And the medication wasn't working on her. You know, she was like losing weight and shaking uncontrollably and screaming and doing all of this stuff and pissing on the floor and then licking it up oh. and defecating on the floor and eating spiders and coals. And what would you, what the fuck would you do if you had this like skinny, scary ass bitch that's yelling at you like, and oh like, my gosh, it's like, so scary. Biting the fucking head off of dead birds. Like, I would be scared that she was going to get up and kill me in my sleep. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I think that, and a lot of people think that they were just scared of her. And that's what. You know, the they end up sentencing her, the two priests, they get six months in jail, which they later That's get up, out of. Yeah, they later get out of the six months in jail oh God, and they go like on nothing. three years probation and they get a fine. And then the Germany is like, you know what, to the parents, we're not even going to charge you on anything because you guys have suffered enough. So the right. priests get the brunt of the punishment from her. So a lot of people say even though medicine wasn't saving her and whatever tormented her was definitely you could see it happening to her there's no question that you know something was wrong with her but her family needed to be speaking with medical professionals and not you know let her stay under the table for two days barking until she died right well and also it sounds like she, she was 23 she, and she weighed 68 pounds at the time so of her death terrible I mean, and it sounds like she was on her medication for a year, but then she thought that it wasn't working. So that's when she started seeking out the help of priests. She right? continued taking the medication. Oh, throughout this whole thing, yeah. she was taking the medication. Supposedly. I mean, we, she's yeah, I mean, who she knows? I, but I mean, that's the thing, too, is that for me, if this if these were so, I mean, it's so easy to say this now, too, because I'm not in that position. But I feel like if this were my daughter that was displaying these types of behaviors, my first reaction would not would not be even if she was saying I want to get an exorcist or an exorcism that wouldn't be my reaction I would say we need to get you on new medications but mm -hmm. maybe in the 50s there just weren't a lot of options it was just I mean it was a different time and then afterwards her actual grave becomes an icon to like people who are traveling so uh, you can see her grave there's like a huge Jesus like dead on is the that cross in Germany spread out yeah it's in Germany and uh so Part of this I, that I wanted to talk about was the time that all of this is going on, 1973, the year that she got way worse and she started going to college. Guess what movie came out in 1973? The Exorcist? Yes. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Also in 1973, this, I, this, uh, people studying this thing that she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy mm -hmm. the guy that is studying this his name is gershwin and he coins gershwin syndrome which is basically where your personality changes based on having this epileptic personality this is all going on in the 70s so we've got this girl who conveniently is you know 
might have even seen the exorcist we don't know but like conveniently that comes out and the whole world is kind of obsessed with exorcism stuff at this time because we have scientists studying it so i want to talk about geshwin syndrome geshwin syndrome which i am dubbing haunted slash art syndrome (laughs) for these reasons um because it has five it has five i guess like details that people who have this display are five symptoms that they display hypergraphia is the tendency for extensive and compulsive writing or drawing. It's been observed with per- persons with temporal lobe epilepsy. And these people who have this are writing for f- days on end, scribbling stuff. Sometimes it's le- legible, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's art. They're, you know, sometimes they're drawing things. And it's seemingly, it's just like this compulsion to write and draw. And you see this a lot when people are supposedly possessed. They're just like writing out stuff yeah. like really frequently. And uh, some individuals may exhibit hyper-religiosity, which is actually characterized by increased, usually intense religious feelings and philosophical interests. So it's not just religious, it's also philosophical stuff and spirituality. So they they internalize the, also too, a lot of them internalize this. So when someone asks them, oh, are you religious? They say, no. Oh, how bizarre. I know. Isn't it weird? You think if you were hyper-focused on religion, you would be like, yes, and let me tell you all about it and all of my ideas and thoughts. Right. So they're not. They're like, no, I'm not religious. This is just what I believe. Huh. Right? And then the third one is that they, they, people with Geshwin syndrome have higher rates of atypical or altered sexuality. So half of the affected individuals have hyposexuality. So they're like super hypersexuality. And then- Less commonly, they have um, hypersexual. Oh wait, no, it's backwards. So, an approximately half effect, an approximately half of infected individuals hyposexuality reported, which is like no sexual, they're asexual, and then less commonly, many have hypersexuality, which is like they're super oversexualized. Okay. The fourth one is that they demonstrate circumstantiality or viscosity, and they tend to continue conversations for a long time. So they're talking a lot. And then the last one is that they demonstrate an intensified mental life, which includes deepened cognitive and emotional responses. And this tendency may pair with the hypergraphia tending to lead to prolific creative output and a tendency towards intense solitary pursuits of art in their time. Well, that sounds positive, pursuing art. Right. So I call this art haunted syndrome (laughs) because basically this is just like all creative people. You draw and you write and you create a bunch of stuff that your peers can't relate to. So they think you're weird. And then it just bums you out because you're like lonely and isolated by your creativity. And then you get interested in trying to feel less isolated and lonely and weird. So you become spiritual and you start attaching all this heavy meaning to other things that people don't relate to because they don't need to attach heavy meanings to things that hold no significance in their life, like crystals or yoga or whatever it is, religion. And so then... You're like, okay, now I'm super lonely and I have this thing that I'm holding on to, but I I need still to like see people or something. So then you become hypersexual and you're like, I need to get laid, but then you right, can't get laid. I need human connection. I need yeah. human connection, but then you can't get laid because you're too weird, like drawing <laughs> stuff on the walls at night. And now you're starved for human connection because we're herd animals and we're meant to be living. We're not like, we're meant to be living outside, not like alone painting 12 hours a day and writing novels right. on our laptop in the dark. So then you start to talk to everybody about everything like you're just like in line at the grocery store and you're like how's your day you know like you know those like really lonely people yeah it happens a lot with like older people and uber drivers oh yeah because they're just in solitude all day thinking so then you're talking too much and then everyone's like why the fuck is this person i don't know talking to me and they won't you they will refuse to let you into their group 
And then you're just back at square one of just being going back to your drawings and your weirdness and just living alone. And so, yeah, because you're trapped in your body and your thoughts create your own world. So you're having a bad time, no matter how good life is, like how privileged you are, or if you get your dreams or if you have a billion dollars or you have all your friends and you're popular and you're cool, you're never truly satisfied because you're always feeling isolated because you can't be yourself and have friends. Mm -hmm. And that's like not being able to be yourself is a death sentence to anyone. Yeah, that's I would agree with that. Yeah. And I also think it's not doing her any favors if she was on a medication for several years that might not have been the right dosage or the right brand or maybe she didn't need to be on it at all. Mm -hmm. And so we saw those pictures and talked about this time in her life that was like the beginning of her life um, and what kind of environment she grew up in, which was like a super, you know, paranoid and helpless and you know women can only wear this one type of dress pretty much right and then look at around the time that she dies everything is sort of changing we've got lots and lots of changes there's a move away from what is unknown we have women's rights civil rights we see these things as good now but i mean history tells us that people don't respond well to political change no matter what absolutely and assassinations are occurring because people don't like these changes we had in the years that she started becoming possessed and having these like crazy outbursts 1968 we have the assassination of martin luther uh, king jr um the assassination of uh jfk happens Mm -hmm. shortly after also the first big mac goes on sale at mcdonald's oh my god 49 cents Boeing 747 made its maiden flight the emergency 911 telephone service has started in the usa vietnam u.s soldiers um are like massacring men and women in my lie so there is a lot more communication that's going on now mm-hmm. because people have telephones people can fly places people have tvs we even have emergency 911 services everyone's I, I didn't realize that 911 wasn't started until the 60s that's insane to think about 68 yep and that's not that long ago exactly and uh robert kennedy i mean he's shot so the peace movement had continued to grow more and more and americans were against the war in vietnam also more riots are occurring now the music scene was set by the beatles and the rolling stones Mm -hmm. you know fight the man situation uh fashion is flirting and seeing like blouses and midriffs and maxi skirts and mini skirts and there's just more choice for everyone. There's um, the first black power salute is seen on television worldwide during an Olympic medal ceremony. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. So also. I mean, the- I wasn't alive then, but I, <laughs> I've seen the, like, the pictures. Yeah. yeah. So the Winter Olympics that year are held in France. And during this time, the uh, a record was broken because it was the first time that a country other than the Soviet Union won the most medals since the USSR's first game in 1956. So Norway took home the most medals. Now, you look at someone, the USSR, which is like, what, a symbol of hard work and keep your head down, no individuality, right? It's like, we're we're all just going to be a homogenous group that's working towards essentially like a nationalist goal. And then you take someone like Norway, they have like a tiny little plot of land relative to the rest of the world. And they're just like, okay, we're going to drink our milk and whatever they do. I mean, they're just a peace. It's Norway. They're like peaceful. I think the only fucking myth they have coming out of there is like they invented Santa Claus or something. (laughs) It's just a good place, right? Right. Okay. And they're taking home all of these medals against this big, supposedly like powerful country. So uh, it kind of breaks this down, this idea that, you know, big, strong people are winning because we have that happening. So there's just lots of changes going on at this time, basically. And then I'll look at the fashion that's happening. 
way how, better. How yeah. different is that than the fashion that I showed you at the beginning? I mean, I love 50s fashion, but I also love 70s fashion. Right. So for the first one that I showed you, the women are all wearing the same pretty much colors. It's not, it's not a lot of bright colors and prints. No, yeah. none, not at all. And here we've got tons of bright colors and prints. You've got tons of options. Women are wearing pants. They're wearing dresses. They're wearing skirts. In, in some cases, they're even wearing what the men are wearing. Mm -hmm. And it looks good on them. Slay. <laughs> And then look at the children's toys now compared to the children's toys that I showed you in the beginning. Oh, there's the little dog. Yeah, it's, it's more imaginative. You're right. So we got dollies. We got race car tracks that go loop-de-loop. -loop. I mean, come yeah, on. No cool. one has a race car or a race car loop-de-loop -loop yeah. in real life. Uh, we have space thing, like the Griffith Observatory. What do you call those? Like a planetarium? Solar system? Yeah, like something that Make broadcasts your own solar system. the solar system on your sky. Uh, we've got a movie camera that says, hold your own film festival. Oh, fun. Yeah. And we've got dolls and this these two little dolls. It says they might look innocent and fun, but they're secretly up to mischief. Cute. So we're teaching kids to be mischievous. Right. We've also got this telephone. That's the Peanuts telephone. And I mean, the Peanuts literally is a, gives a narrative to children. It's a show about the inner lives of children. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So way more imaginative. We also got this, you know, the little stick and marbles game where it's like, you can't, you have to pull out the- I remember playing that, yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. you have to pull out the sticks without letting the marbles fall. Yeah. It's letting it's letting kids learn and take risks. They're challenging toys. Right. And they're imaginative toys. So do you think that if she had, if Annalise had been born in the 70s instead of the 50s, that it would not have had, she would not have had the same outcome? I'm, I'm merely presenting the facts as a- as my own, you know, journalist here, I'm just showing you what was going on in the world and I'm showing you what was going on in Annalise's world at the same time. And I that's a really good question because one of the last things that I want to talk about before this, which um, this is going to trigger some people, is the Catholic Church. Okay. Okay. So first of all, the Catholic Church, my fucking favorite thing. I'm not Catholic, but it's just dope because there's like so many scandals and it's been around forever. It's shrouded in secrecy. It's the most haunted religion that there is. There's political drama. They have sick outfits, like cool rituals. Big hats. Secret societies. I mean, the Vatican is literally like a sick Italian church castle full of dope art by the best Renaissance artists in the world. And the catacombs are underneath. The catacombs. I mean... If you can get fucking Michelangelo to paint in your church, like, I'm converting to your religion. Like, <laughs> simply, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking cool. And it, it, they make you wear skirts at school. I went to a Catholic school. They make you dress like a little anime schoolgirl. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, yeah, and nuns. Like, what's up with that? I went through a phase where I thought I wanted to be a nun because I was like, I'm so fucking done with men. I'm just going to become a nun, <laughs> live in solitude, yeah. like, pet a goat, like, have a job where I just, like, mop Oh, I love that. Mop <laughs> jobs. I would love the job of just like you're mopping a church floor in yeah, your that's it. outfit. Like you're just mopping and then you go outside to feed the goats. Yeah, and you eat toast every day. And then nobody gets mad at you for not being married because you're not supposed to get married when you're right. a nun. And no one's going to get mad at you if all you want to do is just like chill in the corner and read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You don't yeah. have to drive. Respect to the nuns. They're not out here raping little kids. That's the priests. Okay, so hey, nuns get a bad rap. Same. I don't. I. That, Alyssa said that, not me. Also, nuns are cool because you always see them just like traveling with other nuns. It's just like girls group, twenty four seven. Although my dad went to Catholic school in the sixties, and he said that the nuns were super mean, and that they to him they had corporal punishment. They did. So they would like smack kids with rulers yeah. and like their knuckles uh -huh. and like just they beat the objects shit out of you. yeah another reason i like the catholic church <laughs> so 
there's rituals and candles and organs that look, go up to the fucking ceiling and they have like a life-size model of someone who's murdered by crucifixion is like in their holiest spaces mm-hmm. like what other church do you have in your what other anything do you have in your holiest spaces like the most gruesome thing you can possibly think of as a symbol of your entire religion that's true it's definitely much more in catholic churches yeah actually dead bodies are totally fine to even have in your church if you're catholic mummified bodies i mean saint Peter, peter's basilica have you been there at the Vatican? I'll uh, show you no. a picture. Mm-mm. St. Peter's Basilica is one of the most holy places in all of the Catholic religion. It's uh, Someone even quoted that it's while it's not the mother church of the Catholic church, St. Peter's is regarded as the holiest Catholic shrines. So it's literally built based off of where they think that someone died and was buried. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to also look at look at these pictures of this place. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Tons of artwork, very ornate. Tons of artwork, tons of very iconography, ornate. statues. Let me, you, let me ask you this. Where do you think God lives? If you're going to picture just based off of just what you know about God, what do you think his house looks like? Or where do you think he lives? You think there's a lot of trees? Or you think, what do you think? Well, religious people think that God is everywhere, that right. he lives everywhere. But if you, everywhere, right. So what is that? What is everywhere? Like the universe? Yeah, like Outer space, space, all the planets, all, all the, the galaxies, planets, nature, in your heart, in, in your, your home, heart, everywhere. Okay. So now, I mean, this is just my opinion. Okay. When I think of where God lives, I'm imagining, yes, like open spaces, like the clouds, like, you know, the clouds. Shine, uh, sun shining through Mount clouds. Olympus type thing. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm imagining. Like sun shining. I'm not imagining a fucking room made of marble with no windows in it except for one in the ceiling with like a bunch of weird spindly marble black things and like latin signs that are like you know uh, something that's like in the fucking demon language i think that (laughs) that church is designed to attract a demon is what i think because you look at that thing and there's like a bunch of fucking gold and just like stuff in latin and like twisty scary stuff and it's literally (laughs) built on top of a grave and uh, there's stuff in Latin that's, you know, like God protect the space and stuff. I just think of this from your perspective. If you're driving through Koreatown and, you know, you see a shop that has like a, the name is in Korean and everything is in Korean. You're probably not going to go in there. You're going to be like, that shop's not for me. I don't know that shop. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not interested. Like, that's not a business that I care about. But then if there's a place that's says, Alyssa, do not enter this shop. We command God's power to keep you from looking at this shop. If you come near this shop, you are banished. You Don't you think you're going to go look in the fucking window? I'd probably send you to go inside and <laughs> like take pictures. You're going to be fucking interested. Sure, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you might send some people that, you know, to go check it out, which is Lucifer might be going and checking this <laughs> shit out. And the Catholic Church, too. Did you know this, they, that the cho- the church claims to have the Grand Grimoire? Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yes, which is literally a book that was supposedly written by someone possessed by Satan that tells you how to summon Lucifer and make a pact with the devil. And why do we know this exists? Because the Catholic Church has claimed to have this. Uh, yeah, and it seems counterproductive because why would you ever want to have be in possession of that text? Why not destroy it? Right. Yeah. So given everything that I've told you, the mm-hmm. political climate that this, you know, Annalise has grown up in, her religious background, a little bit of, you know, the religious background that she has and what's happening at the time of her, all these possessions that she has. What do you think happened? Well, 
so I read an article, was it last year? And it was about um, how mental illness presents itself in different countries. And the study was specifically about schizophrenia. And it was a pretty popular article. So you telling me that. Yeah, so yeah. I think probably a lot of our listeners have read it too. But it was about how, I don't know how many countries were studied. The two that I am that I remember reading about was Africa, which is a continent, not a country. I don't remember which countries in Africa. I don't remember if it was just the entire continent. continent. Okay, sorry. But it was about um, people with schizophrenia living in Africa versus people with schizophrenia living in the United States. And something that was really interesting that the article noted is that schizophrenia is affected by the culture in which the affected person lives. So in the United States, if you have schizophrenia, according to this study, you are much more likely to have delusions that are either religion based or that are based around the government. So you think people are out to get you. It's very paranoid. You hear voices. They're not friendly. You see things that aren't there and it's not a pleasant experience. And in if you have schizophrenia in Africa, you are much more likely to experience your hallucinations in a positive way. Nut. So it's it'll be uh, voices telling you to do your chores, Nut. voices telling you to clean your room, Nut. voices telling you, oh, now you need to go make yourself a meal. Now you need to go to work. Now you need to say hi to your neighbor. And, well, how do I get this? And, I need that. And so this, the purpose of the study was these are people with the exact same condition but they experience their condition completely differently from each other. And it's because of the culture and where they grew up, the way society mm -hmm. is, where, where they're living. And so my point to this story is perhaps we can relate that to Annalise's case because she was growing up in Germany, which had had just gone through devastating wars. Mm -hmm. Hitler was, was just the worst person to ever live. Oh, yeah. um, so she was probably very affected by that. She was also obviously very affected by religion and like an insane amount of shame for what her mom went through. Yes. Um, and her mom may or may not have been raped by a priest, may or may not have had an affair with a priest, had this illegitimate child that then died. So then now her mom gets pregnant with Annalise and Annalise probably feels the weight of, oh my gosh, I now have to take on the responsibility of being everything that that first child could not be for my mom. Mm -hmm. I need to be like a good example, a help to her. I mean, that would be such an insane amount of pressure to be put on yourself. And you said in the story that she felt like this from a very young age, yes. like age six or seven. Mm -hmm. And so I can't even imagine that's like the weight of the world on your shoulders. When you're that young, your entire world is your parents. Yep. And so to feel like you have all of this pressure on you and then you're being exposed to religion, probably not in the most positive way. You're being exposed to a culture that is recovering from being one of having one of the worst dictators yeah, ever in power. Yeah. War, the, I mean, the Holocaust is just terrible in general. And so you're probably seeing, you know, maybe you're seeing or and learning about education. gas chambers. You, yeah. you don't really know what's going on in the rest of the world besides what right. you're reading in the news. You don't know about people in other places. Right. So maybe someone with temporal lobe epilepsy in Germany is going to be, and this is just me speculating here because that's what we do on the show. Maybe growing up in that society, in that time, in that culture, with this condition, you would be more apt to have a negative reaction to, towards it mm -hmm. versus somebody, like you said, living in Norway mm -hmm. who has the same condition. Maybe they would experience it in a more positive way right. or a more manageable like way. Or maybe when they black out, instead of urinating on the ground and defecating and barking like a dog, they're blacking out, but they're, they're like, whoops, I made everyone a bunch of wooden shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that's not where they do yeah. it, but I they're don't. They're churning the butter. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're milking the cows. Exactly. They're getting their chores done. They're like, it, hey, yeah. Helga, your braids look beautiful. And you're like, what? Oh, I must have... Uh, 
I must have blacked out and gave and, myself and some braids. And done a French braid. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I would say that, you know, it's possible that it was demonic possession. Of course, I can never say 100% it was or it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I think that just given how troubled her childhood was, it might be more likely that she was either misdiagnosed or had a ton of guilt that just broke her. She was under so much stress from such a young age. And then also just the time that she grew up and that you just went through explaining. All. And so that's why I asked you, do you think that she would have had the same problems if she was born in the 70s instead of the 50s? And that's such a great question, Alyssa, which proves that I'm such a good teacher because that's the exact <laughs> question that I wanted you to ask. Would you convict these two priests with negligence? I think I would, because this is a family that was at their wits end, putting their trust in these two people. You heard it here, folks. We have to fire Alyssa from this podcast. She <laughs> can't be trusted anymore. But uh, the problem I have with it is that they broke her knees. To me, it sounds like she was really sick. And I, so I'm leaning towards the side of being ill. And the reason why I would convict the two priests is because they could have fed her. Mm. You know, they didn't have to... She it was eating dead birds her. and insects. Yeah, but they could have made her food. She had didn't her want to eat. eat. I, I just think they could have done so much more to help okay, save yeah, her. You're right. So in your opinion, what do you think Annalise had? It's not an opinion. This is my faith that I know that this is, you know, I don't need I don't need things like evidence and facts, Alyssa. Okay. I have a strong faith. Okay. And in my faith, I believe that Annalise was fucking annoying. Like fucking growling and shit and like going crazy. If you were her parents, wouldn't you be like just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, nothing's working on this person. She's extremely obnoxious. She's, like, eating shit off the ground. She clearly wants attention or whatever it is, whether it's the demon or not. She oh, she won't eat for two days. The only thing she's going to fucking eat is, like, coal and shit because she's trying to prove a point or whatever she's doing. She fucking died. She was fucking... That's what I think happened. Her parents were kind of just like, well, you know... But do you think it was a demon or do you think it was a think mental she, condition? I think she was the demon. I think she <laughs> I think she was like, you know, one of these people that's super entitled and thinks that she's got all the answers and probably because she doesn't have a very good education in general is leaning heavily into her religious dogma. It was the same way that someone who's very crazy political would leave heavily into, you know, like their whatever that is, the type of people who argue on Twitter for fucking days on end. So you think she was not possessed? I don't think she was possessed. I think she was, I think that she wanted to take over this like Catholic. I think she had a lot of opinions. That's what I think. I think she had a lot of opinions about things that were changing in the Catholic church that she didn't like. Oh, okay. And she wanted to get those changed because why else would she be saying, oh, these are the things that need to change to the priest. They should be recognizable mm -hmm. at all times. Because I also think during this time, this might've been some time when the priests weren't wearing you know their whatever the fucking collars that they wear yeah the uh the church was modernizing in a way that she hadn't seen before and i think that she probably didn't like this move away from you know what has always been the same for her it's like nostalgia you know you have your like childhood home you get real pissed off when you come back from college and your parents have moved something in your room it's like what what are you doing this is my thing that's what i think okay i still believe demons can possess people yeah, I mean, I think that I can't say with 100% certainty that there, that it was not a demon. But I think both of us are leaning towards it wasn't a demon. See, I think everyone has a demon inside of them. And it's like this, you know, Native American, ancient scripture, Native American. I can't remember it perfectly, but it's... it's you mean your conscience, which is often personified with an angel on the shoulder and a devil on the shoulder? Right, but here's what I love about this Native American version is that you have a 
white wolf, the good wolf, and the lone bat, the black you're lone wa- black wolf. You're wearing a wolf shirt right now. I am, right? I know. Yeah. And <laughs> so the Native American folklore is, okay, you have this one wolf that's bad and one wolf that's good. And, and which one survives the fight? The one that you feed. I think Ooh. I think if you feed your demon, very you, apt analogy. If you're fucking staying up till three o'clock in the morning, looking at Instagram, wondering why your hair can't be longer, your boobs can't be bigger, your dick can't be bigger, why you don't make more money, you're fucking feeding the wrong demon. If you're at sleep in your in your bed and you wake up the next morning and you call, you know, your surviving relatives and you tell them you miss them, you're feeding the good the good <laughs> demon. So if you want to eradicate these demons in your life, people, you just got to start taking care of your body. And we fixed the health crisis. <laughs> the next crisis Look we fixed that. is going to be the energy crisis. In, in an hour and a half time, we have fixed all of the problems that our society faces. Wow. You're welcome, America. Yeah, you are welcome, America. <laughs> did you like the story? I did. Yeah. yeah did I put too much facts into it? I don't think so. Okay. I got no. a little carried away. Okay, so that's a that's a wrap on this episode, right? Yeah, we just have to announce the winners. The winners. The first one is Master A Bomb. Go, Master A Bomb. The second one is me. M I E. Yay, me or my. Me or my. Yay. Thank you guys so much for entering. You guys won. You're you're so welcome <laughs> for our hospitality. So basically, what I need from the winners, uh-huh. so Master A Bomb and my or Mie, yeah, um, please tweet at at Let's Get Haunted with your real first and last name or mm-hmm. DM if you're not comfortable tweeting it publicly, um, or you can send a DM on Instagram. But I just need you to somehow get to me your first and last name. If the two people that won, if I don't hear from you by Wednesday the 10th, I'm going to draw a new name because the live show is on the 11th. We're very excited to see you guys at Pico Playhouse. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode six. We love you. Just some ending credits. Our logo was made by Alexa Dillon. Our theme song was made by Steven Subtick. And our banner illustration was made by Ayana Rose. And I made myself, motherfucker. No, your mom did. Oh. You can find us on, at Coachella yeah, at Coachella at Pico Playhouse on the tw- on the eleventh. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Let's Get Haunted, Instagram at Let's Get Haunted, Spotify at bit.ly slash Get Haunted, Reddit on r slash Let's Get Haunted, SoundCloud.com slash Let's Get Haunted, Let's Get Haunted Pod at gmail.com. And next episode, we are uh, beginning the show with your emails. iTunes at bit.ly slash Get Haunted iTunes. And YouTube is to be determined. And finally, in the secret archives of the Vatican, right next to the ground grimoire, <laughs> you will find our Let's Get Haunted podcast. podcast. We're Woo! there. They filed us. See you guys later. Bye.